know that all Christians can counsel one another, can do the work of disciple making. You know that, right? We've been beating that drum for many years now. The text is Romans 15, 14, where Paul said that we, we are filled with goodness, we're filled with knowledge, and, and we're able to bring soul care, we're able to uh, admonish, we're able to help one another. And we know that there are also, not, that, not just that everyone is a disciple, every believer is a disciple maker, but there are gradations within this counseling demographic. Some people are qualified because they have the gifting to do it formally. A high-end, formalized biblical counselor who can take on all comers, that's one level. But then there are also informal counselors, those who come alongside each other on the Sunday church meeting or in a coffee shop somewhere doing what you might understand as, as basic discipleship. But if you gather them all together, the question is, what makes an excellent one? What makes an excellent counselor? What are the needed qualities to be a good disciple maker? Well, there are six of them, and I want to share them with you in this podcast. I had this conversation with one of our Mastermind students this week. We were talking about this idea of, of being a good biblical counselor, and and as I responded to our mastermind student, I, I laid out six of them. And I, I said at the end, I, I think this would make a good podcast. And so here it is. This is episode 210. The title of it is Six Non-Negotiable Qualities of an Excellent Counselor. Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast. I am Rick Thomas. I'm so glad that you are here. If you want to talk about this podcast You're welcome to do that. Come to our website, rickthomas.net. We have free community forums that are presented to you by those who underwrite our ministry. They support us on a monthly or, or yearly basis, and we're so grateful for them because they are the ones that actually make this ministry go. And so we do have a free community forum for you where you can ask whatever questions that may be on your heart. It may be about this idea of biblical counseling you may want to talk about this podcast. Again, if you want to read all of this that I'm sharing with you, please go to episode 210. Perhaps you have something else on your mind, another question, another problem. We would love to interact with you about that as well. In this podcast, I am addressing the six qualities to make a good biblical counselor in the order of importance Though all of them are non-negotiable, every one of these are critical and vital if you want to be an excellent biblical counselor, but I want to give them to you in order. So first, I'm just going to run through them, and then at the back end of the podcast, I'll get into a little more detail about each one of them. And so, six non-negotiable qualities of a biblical counselor. Number one, the most important one in order of importance, theology. You see, biblical counseling is the application of theology. We are applying theology in a person's life. If we're not applying sound theology in our counseling practice, then what we're doing is inferior to the best way to help other people. If you want to counsel the most effective way 
you must have theological training. You must know your Bible like the back of your hand. You cannot counsel what you do not know. And you have to be a seasoned student in sound theology. Now, can you disciple anyone if you just stepped into Christianity? Well, of course you can. I like to say the woman at the well knew Jesus for about a half a minute, and she began to counsel, she began to tell folks in the town a better way. And so regardless of where you are in your relationship with God, Never disqualify yourself from helping a person. You can help to the degree that you know God, and if if you have been born again, you know him, and so you can help a little bit, but it is critical that if you want to help a great bit, then you have to be a sound theologian, and so you must be in theological training. Now, we're all in theological training all of our lives, but you want to be a sound Bible student. So that's that's the first non-negotiable point. The second one is suffering. Every counseling situation has something to do with suffering. Sometimes the pain is profound. Sometimes it's just a basic run-of-the-mill decision-making process, like which university should I attend and you know, things like that that are a very basic level, but it is some form of angst that a person, uh, that's, that's in a person's life. But in many cases, it's way more than that. It can be profound. So whether the, the suffering, the tension in an individual's life is minor or major, in every case, there are struggles, disappointments, tensions, confusion, problems, And as a disciple maker, as a counselor, if you do not know how to suffer well, you will not be able to help others through their their suffering, whatever it may be. And so the first non-negotiable quality of an excellent biblical counselor, theology. The second is suffering. The third is application. Being smart theologically and having gone through tremendous suffering does not make you an excellent counselor. Those are prerequisites. Those are non-negotiables. But the truth is you must have the gifting from the Lord to connect God's truth to the souls of other people. That's why point number three is application. You can be one of the brightest theologians in the land. You may have gone through horrendous circumstances. But point number three, application. You have to be able to connect God's word to what is going on in an individual's life in reasonable, practical, and resonating ways. This kind of counseling that I'm talking about is not giving pat answers And unfortunately, that is the level where most Christians seem to be. We go into cliche speak when we're talking to people about their issues, when they come to us with some kind of problem. That's not the application that I'm talking about here. This is a gift from God. I'll talk more about that in a moment. 
But you want to be a biblical counselor? The question that we're at, that I'm answering here in this podcast, what are the non-negotiable qualities to be an excellent counselor? Well, one, theology. I think that is obvious. Two, suffering. You must know how to suffer well because those are the only kind of people that you're going to interact with. Three, you must have a gift from God to connect God's Word, theology, to people practically. That's application. Number four, there must be an internal calling to do this kind of work. You must sense a subjective inner calling from the Lord to care for souls in a formalized biblical counseling way to interact with people in formalized biblical counseling context. You see, a burden to help others does not mean that God has called you to do it. I hope that you have a burden to care for others, but it could be a false continuum to think a burden equals God is calling me to be a high-end formalized biblical counselor. Many Christians have burdens to counsel other people, but quite frankly, they're not good at it, not at the level that I'm talking about. Sure, they can meet with a person and encourage them, but I'm talking about intense intense formalized biblical counseling. Knowing theology or great suffering are not enough either. You must sense this calling in your soul. And so point number four is internal calling. Number five, external calling. There will be other people in your life who believe you have the ability to help others in a formalized way. They have experienced your soul care skills personally, and they know others who have benefited from these gifts that God has given you. That's why I say external calling It won't do just to have an internal calling where you sense this subjective inner calling that God wants you to be a formalized biblical counselor. Anybody can say that, and I'm not saying that it's not true to you that you you do not sense it. Perhaps you do sense this subjective inner calling, but you have nothing to fear and nothing to hide, and so you want this internal calling weighed in the community of those who know you well. That's an external calling. And so as you look outside yourself, other people who know you, who have experienced you, or the reputation that you have, that's part of what it means to have an external calling. This is episode 210, six non-negotiable qualities of an excellent counselor. I'm talking most specifically about a high-end formalized biblical counselor. Those qualities are number one, theology, number two, suffering, number three, application, number four, an internal calling, number five, an external calling, and number six, a gathering ability. This is what I mean by that. People will seek you out because they want you to care for them. Jesus had a gathering ability Wherever he went, people gathered around him. Folks wanted to be with him. You could say that Jesus was a a counseling magnet, and that's the question that you want to ask yourself. 
Are you a counseling magnet? Are individuals looking for you, asking you questions, desiring to sit with you, to receive in-depth soul care from you? You can't hide what you possess. You can't hide what you have. If you have it, it'll get out on you. You can't export to others what you don't have. If you have it, people will want it. You will have a gathering a gathering ability. Those are the six qualities to be a high-end formalized biblical counselor. This is so important because people will come to me and they will have this desire. They really want to help people. They are sincere. They're genuine in what they are saying. And, and they'll go on to become certified biblical counselors. But at the end of the day, they aren't good at doing it in a formalized biblical way. That's another false continuum. Some people will connect being certified will be, with being qualified, and that is not true. A certified biblical counselor just means that you have gone through a certain amount of training from a, a particular organization. People go through training with our organization, with our mastermind program, but we would never say that an individual is truly qualified at this level to do biblical counseling if they are not regardless if they've gone through our training. And so I would not want you to make that mistake. Thinking that a person is certified, well, okay, then they are the person to help me. Maybe not. There are six non-negotiable qualities to be that kind of biblical counselor. So I want to run through these again, and I want to give you some, some follow-through thoughts because I know that there will be questions about these six things. So let me let me try to cover some of the questions that may already be in your mind. So I'll take number one, theology, the first non-negotiable quality of a formalized biblical counselor. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need a Bible degree. And so you're 40 years old and you want to get biblical training. You, you sense the internal call. People have affirmed that with an external call. And you want to be a, a high-end biblical counselor. I'm 40-something years old. Do I need to go and get a four-year degree? Not necessarily, but you must have a passion and solid work ethic when it comes to studying God's Word. You've got to be passionate about God's Word. It's like, it's, it's like if you were selling a product, if I could use that analogy, if you're not passionate about the product, you shouldn't be selling it. And if you're not... If you're not passionate about God's word, then you're not you'll have a hard time applying it. And it and, and if you don't have a passion, it won't lead to a solid work ethic when it comes to studying his word. You must know ST, systematic theology. You must know biblical theology. You have to understand theological terms and what they mean practically. It's vital to know the Bible from cover to cover. You see, in a counseling session, your mind should function like a fast-moving index, index that is covering God's Word repeatedly, to and fro, forward and back, as you're listening to a counselee. You're asking the Lord to give you insight from His entire counsel. It won't do to know a handful of scriptures and, and to plaster them over every person that you meet. The Old Testament stories must be as familiar to you as the back of your hand. And you cannot and you can connect uh, 
with biblically, quickly, practically. You can connect these things to the person that you are helping. You do this pneumatically rather than pre-planning. You never prepare the night before for this kind of counseling. You're walking pneumatically in the Spirit, and He's accessing the Word. He's accessing the work that you have done for years. As you place yourself under uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, as you have immersed yourself in the practical understanding and training of God's Word, and so you don't necessarily need a Bible degree, but you have to have that kind of energy, that kind of passion, that kind of work ethic, that kind of knowledge, that kind of understanding of God's Word and that takes years of practice. The kind of counseling that I'm talking about, this is not some slipshod kind of counseling where you just start throwing out ideas and you, you're haphazardly listening and applying God's Word. No, this is studious work, serious work, seasoned work to be this kind of biblical counselor. Christians, don't, Christians who are suffering don't need anything less than that, and it takes years it takes years to become this kind of qualified biblical counselor. That's theology. Number two is suffering, I mentioned. The suffering in view here is, is in your past, not your present. What I mean by that is a person going through something is too subjective. They're too emotional. And they are tempted to map their current hardship over the person they are helping. They have not worked through their suffering and if you have not worked through the suffering that has been in your life, it will distort clarity when you're trying to help someone. We'll have students like this from time to time to where they are currently going through something. And then uh, when they hear a story of a person who's going through something similar with them, it's like it triggers them and they become emotional. They begin to lose the, this centering, this orientation, this gospel centering because they haven't worked through. Their suffering has not settled them yet. I'm talking about a seasoned sufferer. He or she has gone through all the stages, whatever those stages are. But they can look back on the pain with gratitude and hope and clarity and practical wisdom. Those are some of the that, that's how you'll know if you've gone through these these stages, whatever they are. When you can look at your suffering with gratitude, with hope, with clarity, practical wisdom. This person's suffering is not making them into something, but their suffering has already completed the task. It has made them into something. The seasoned counselor brings now the benefits of suffering, their personal suffering, to the counselee. It's not a novice sufferer. It's not a person in process of suffering. Some of the benefits of suffering is, is things like wisdom, patience, courage, compassion, hope, grace, kindness, rebuke. Sometimes you have to correct people in difficult situations. There is a toughness toughness here. There's also self-control and perseverance and insight and discernment and understanding. These gifts come from a person 
who is on the other side of the crucible of suffering. God forges these things into his candidates, and they come out golden. I'm talking about Job. As he said, when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. High-end formalized counseling is not for rookies. And high-end formalized counselors are not rookies, not novices. They have been tried. They have been tested by the fires of personal suffering. Number three is application. Some folks know a lot about the Bible, and they have experienced a lot of pain, but they just aren't excellent counselors in the context of what I'm talking about in this podcast. The reason is, is that they, they do not, they honestly do not know how to connect God's word in such a way to a hurting soul that it makes sense to, to that person. You can't overstate practical wisdom, application, what I'm saying here in point number three. God gives some folks the ability to, to get in the trenches with a sufferer and walk them out of those trenches. Other theologians who have suffered a lot, they can't do this. They don't know how. And, and though you can learn a lot about psychology, I'm talking about the study of the soul, the purest form of psychology, where you could say biblical psychology, the only people who can study the soul accurately are those who understand the soul book, God's word. And though you can study this kind of biblical psychology, it doesn't mean that you can practicalize it in real time and relevant ways. Just because you know the answers, and that's why sometimes when you listen to some biblical counselors, it, it sounds like pasting answers over people. There's something missing. They know the information, but they're not able to, to connect it to the individual, the hurting soul that they are have, helping. It's analogous to, to studying your favorite sport, for example. There are many intellectual general managers of sports teams. There are many intellectual coaches of sports teams, but they were lousy athletes. Maybe they, maybe they never played the game because they were so lousy, but they understand the game. They understand the game inside and out, but they can't perform it physically. They don't have the gifting. Well, a Christian can be similar in that they don't have the mind to counsel well. They understand theology. They understand what a person should do. Here are the answers to your problem but it just doesn't connect well with the person that they are ha helping. You can know it all, but God gives the gifts to perform well. And if you don't have the mind to be able to step into the mind of the other person and to understand exactly what they are going through and, and to be able to give them wisdom that is customized to this unique person who is sitting in front of you, You'll not be a good, high-end, formalized biblical counselor application. Number three, inter I'm number four, internal calling. Many Christians feel the burden to help others. I trust you do. Most of the time, many times, it's because they have gone through something horrific. 
They have a passionate and genuine desire to avert others from having a similar experience. They want to help, but they are gifted. They are gifted for this kind of work. These are the ones that really, they sense the internal calling, and they are gifted to do it. Now, I know that this internal call is subjective, but you got to have it. You really do. And it, and it can't be, but it can't be the only reason you want to get into counseling. There must be an external call, too, in addition to these other non-negotiables. And so external calls, someone besides your mother and your spouse sees these qualities in you. Our friends can be sympathetic toward us, and they can affirm us without wisdom or without careful analysis. But if you have the gifting, there will be those who have experienced you in transformative ways or those who have heard about you. I'm talking about your reputation here. It is who you are, and you can't escape it. People that know me in my town will tell you that it, it, the first thing that they would say about me, they will say that, well, he's a, he's a counselor. That's, that's what he is. That is the first thing that comes to their minds, people that know me. Even when I was a pastor, folks would ask if I, hey, oh, oh you're a pastor. Oh, you're the counseling pastor, right? I didn't like that, by the way. I said, no, I'm, I'm a pastor. I didn't want to be pigeonholed as a counseling pastor at that time because that wasn't my job, but that's how people knew me. Nobody would ever come up to me and say, hey, you're, you're that singer or, or you're that athlete. You're that actor. I'm not any of those things, and I never will be. But there have been a zillion affirmations about counseling. And though that is not what I want to be known for, it's inescapable. That's an external calling. It's the reputation. People know you as that. And then finally, gathering ability. I have known a few ambitious men who, who wanted to be high-end, formalized biblical counselors. But sadly, nobody else had that perspective about them. No matter how hard they tried, folks were not lining up to meet them. Bloggers, pastors, singers, actors, business people can be similar. You have this internal subjective call that you want to, to be that way, but really there's no external call. There's not really an, uh, affirmations coming from, from the crowd, and you have no gathering ability. The bottom line is that you're not good at it. If you were good at it, others will, would gather around you. If you're not, you won't draw attention. You won't receive the request from others. This reality is only unfortunate if your ambition won't accommodate another option for you. See, it's not wrong. It's, it's not a negative that you can't be a high-end formalized biblical counselor. It just is the process of, limit, of elimination. It means God has something else for you. If I kept pressing this idea to be an actor or an athlete or a singer... I would be disappointed time and time again, and rather than beating my head up against the wall, maybe I need to accept that. There is no gathering ability. Nobody wants to hear. Nobody wants my help. If you're a square peg, the best thing you can do is find a square hole. If not, you'll always be discontent, and it will bleed over into how you do life. It'll bleed over into your relationships. This is episode 210, six non-negotiable qualities of an excellent counselor. They are 
theology, suffering, application, internal calling, external calling, number six, gathering ability. Here's your call to action. If you're interested in becoming a seasoned, gifted, biblical counselor, here are a few things that I would love for you to do. Get with someone who knows you, someone who loves you, someone who won't rubber stamp you, and ask them these questions. Here's one. Do you consider me to be a sound and knowledgeable theologian? Critical question. Number two, am I beyond my suffering in that I've matured in specific ways, but I'm not managed by it any longer? Number three, what are some of the character qualities do you see in me which are the fruit of my life experience? Number four, you can get these questions at the end of the show notes here in episode uh, uh, 210. Number four, what would, would you want to meet with me to work through a significant relational or personal matter? I've interacted with many certified biblical counselors that I would not go to for counseling. I simply wouldn't. Would you want to meet with me to work through a significant relational or personal matter? Number five, How would you characterize my counseling ability? And then number six, what do you think others believe about my ability to do soul care? If you want to talk more, if you're interested in our mastermind program, if you have any questions about this or something else, please come to our website, rickthomas.net. Thank you so much for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.